Stay tuned for another sports presentation on the worldwide leader of Marshall University Athletics coverage, the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. This is Sports View, WMUL's premier sports talk show featuring guests from Thundering Herd Athletics. Sports View is presented by the award-winning FM 88 sports team. Now, here's tonight's host of Sports View. I'm John Bogus, your host for the first half of tonight's program. You want to stay tuned with us for the entire show as Sean Kelly will serve as host for the second half, but joined with me right now this evening are members of the now Sunbelt Conference Marshall Women's Swimming and Diving Team. Uh, to my left, sixth season head coach Ian Walsh, and to my right, senior swimmer Madeline Hart. Ian, Madeline, thank you for joining us tonight. Thanks for having us. Well, I'd like to start off by uh, getting to know you two a little bit better. Uh, both of you have been with the team for a while now, but I'd like to know where you were before Marshall and what experiences you got in uh, past uh, experiences that led you here to Marshall. Yeah, um, coaching journey, at least for me, is always pretty unique. Grew up in northeast Pennsylvania, uh, started my coaching career at uh, Albright College, smaller Division three school um, outside of Philadelphia. Um, they got their opportunity to come here after a year, um, served as an assistant uh, from 2013 to 16. Um, wonderful time here. Um, ended up meeting my wife here in 2015, um, got married, and then um, the coaching profession took me away for a little bit. Um, but then, um, you, know, um, you know, led us back here in 2000. 2018, um, October 2018, and um, yeah, have been back ever since. Uh, now we have um, two beautiful children, and I've just um, been so grateful to come back and plug ourselves back in the community. And um, it's kind of for me like unfinished business as far as what we were able to do in the three-year window when we um, really kind of built the program, um, 13 to 16. And then when I returned, um, it's been really fun over the past five, six years to um, just kind of continue that path and attract individuals like Madeline um, and other team members. Uh, that, um, really value and um, you know want to be able to represent Marshall at the highest level. So it's been uh, really fun, specifically the past you know five now leading into six years as the head coach. So yeah, it's been a it's been a really unique and fun journey. Um, I've been swimming since I was four, and I'm 21, about to turn 22. So it's been a a long journey, but um, yeah, just been swimming my whole life. Got into it very early. Um, Loved it immediately, uh, and then swam throughout high school, and like about sophomore year of high school, I realized that I wanted to swim in college, and um, started looking at different options, and Ian reached out to me, and I fell in love with the program, the team, um, just the values and the culture that's here at Marshall. Well, Coach Walsh, um, I'd like to talk a little bit more about uh, your swimming background before you started coaching uh how did that go and what inspired you from your swimming career to want to be a head coach yeah I think if you talk to a lot of people that get in the coaching profession it's never like at 16 years old like I want to be a swim coach um I think it's more of uh just kind of experiences and um different people that kind of you know plant little seeds along the way um I had a wonderful experience at Duquesne University um, unfortunately, my senior year, they dropped the men's program. Um, so it's a women's program only now. But really from that point, like, although it was kind of a bittersweet ending um, for myself and a lot of my team members, like, 
what the sport provided me, um, what the coaching staff there was able to do as far as support um, really stayed with me. Um, and when I got to about my junior year, um, I realized, man, I was a business major and that was something that like, I didn't really see myself doing, but I knew I want to work with people. Um, so education was something that um, I just wanted to be able to like shape people um, and help them along the way. Uh, I think early on education and you know through my time at Duquesne, uh, that was just like really formidable years. So went to Bloomsburg, got my graduate degree uh, in business education, and then I had the opportunity to coach. And uh, I kind of like looked back and well, if I can make a living doing this, that'd be really really awesome. So um, got um, an incredible opportunity to get into coaching at Albright College, and then um, kind of the rest was history. So for me, it's just be able to, you know, I still keep in touch with my uh, my old college coach. He's still the head coach at Duquesne, so we share the deck usually once a year, um, which is really special. So just, I don't know, I feel like um, people have been kind of put in place in my life along the way. It's just allowed me to really understand and um, I take really seriously. Like, it's not just about coaching, but being able to, like, move through and use sport as a conduit for life. Um, that's just been really special for me. And, um, you know, people like Madeline and team members of our program, um, just that's that's why we do it right that's why you get into coaching and work with those kind of people so um yeah well you mentioned uh, there was some people that was an inspiration to you who who was someone specific that was inspirational to you into becoming a coach uh dave sheets at duquesne um he was someone that just kind of um again was able to just the skills and the things that he asked of us as student athletes um at the time you don't maybe understand why they're making you do whether it's the hard sets or the uncomfortable conversations but then when you get into the real world and you were able to kind of stay take a step back and the first time i like after a year of coaching i went back to him i was like thank you like i just need to make sure that like you understand that like everything that maybe didn't make sense as a student athlete or the the difficult conversations he had with me um it just made a little bit more sense kind of when you got into the real world. Um, Dave was a kind of like the starting point. Um, John stole trigger at Albright college. He gave me the confidence to, um, you know, be able to, um, direct and coach from like a skill set standpoint. Um, and then Andy Basher at Buffalo and even Bill Trammell, um, that I worked with under three years here, just kind of the, the X's and O's of the sports. But I think the people early on, um, you know, uh, at Bloomsburg University in Duquesne, it was more of like coaching is less about, um, you know, just the skill set and connecting with people and relationships. So, um, I think every person kind of had a piece along the way, but, um, I think early on, um, Dave is definitely one person I look up to and really still lean on to this day. Uh, Madeline, you mentioned that Ian Walsh, uh, reached out to you and that's how you kind of really became uh, close to joining the swim team. Um, did you have any knowledge of Marshall University before you were being recruited? I mean, Cincinnati <laughs> isn't that far from Huntington. Um, no, it's not that far from Huntington, but I did not know about Marshall University. Um, it just wasn't on my radar. I've never really, I had never really thought of going to school in West Virginia. Um, I was more looking for like schools in Ohio at first, but I'm really glad he reached out to me. A scholar athlete of the year, multiple academic awards. Uh, you had a summer undergraduate research project, all on top of being a biomedical engineering major. How do you balance all that with practice and swim meets and all that? Um, well, I, I'm basically doing stuff like all the time. Like I try to schedule out my breaks um, where I'm doing work during that time. Um, and even if it's just something small, just trying to get the little things done. Um, I also try to go to bed early so that I can wake up and 
be well rested so that I can do stuff the next day. Um, I also just rely heavily on my teammates um, and my roommate in particular. We have a very um, similar um, just study routine and like kind of just life routine and it's very helpful to like go and motivate each other to do these things together. Well, I read that uh, you played water polo in high school for three years and were even a state champion in the sport. Uh, can you tell me about that? Um, <laughs> well, I actually got into water polo because I, at that point in time, that was around my sophomore year of college, I mean, high school, sorry, um, I wasn't really happy in the sport of swimming. I felt like I had lost love for the sport, so I joined another sport um, to kind of balance that out and... I don't know, stir something else up. And it was an amazing experience. I had never played water polo before. Um, and I met some really great girls and it was just a whole different side of like an aquatic sport. And it, when I like would go to swim practice after that or other days, I would learn to appreciate that more because, um, I don't know, it was just not the same thing every day. Well, when I was looking at the uh, Marshall Swimming and Diving Instagram page, I noticed it looked like uh, your all's warm-ups at the swim meets kind of looked like hockey jerseys. And I'm a big hockey fan, so I really liked those. Uh, what was kind of the inspiration behind those? I'm not going to take credit for that. <laughs> um, we have an incredible uh, parent group, actually. That, um, And I think it was a combination of like our seniors. I'm not really sure who originally kind of came up with the plan. You may probably know more than me. I think I think it was Maria McGovern okay. who who yeah. was really pushing for that. Yeah, Maria's a big hockey fan. She's from D.C. area, so the Capitals, like her and I kind of talked a lot about that. I'm a Pens fan, um, so there's a little conflict there. But, um, yeah, it was really cool, and it was funny when it came out. And um, we had a great um, individual, Matt Diaz. He was able to kind of document our, our, uh, our weekend and got some really just unique moments and footage. But, yeah, apparently, like, they called the equipment room. It was like, you know, Zach Littleton at the time was like, hey, like, where can we get these jerseys? They're like, oh, I have no idea. So it was more of, like, the seniors and the parents kind of putting that together but um yeah i think i saw them uh being sold in the bookstore now so if you're looking for a hockey jersey yeah, I'll definitely check that out uh well coach walsh um i learned that uh when you first uh came to marshall you were you coached uh, the team to breaking 28 records in your first season uh, what was kind of your focus coming into the job to really shape this program into what it is today uh, I mean, this year, um, we talked a lot about it because we have like a really big freshman class. And I think every few years, there's just, um, there needs to be different stimulus and different change. But when I came in, we were in the unique position where I think we were eight out of eight at Conference USA. Um, we had a freshman class that came in and, um, you know, they just had, I think we were able to get everyone kind of on the same page from like a mindset standpoint. So um, I think that was just a really big piece of like creating these team goals and team ambitions and kind of pointing everyone's nose in one direction and moving towards it. So, um, you know, from a coach standpoint, I think it was more about just getting one, everyone on the same page and understand that, okay, you have this kind of like exciting, but maybe scary goal. And I think if everyone gets on the same page, we're able to kind of start momentum there and it just kind of carried through um until 2016 so madeline uh this summer you were able to uh get some uh personal best records on your 100 meter freestyle 200 meter freestyle and 100 meter fly um also setting uh, a school record for the 100 meter butterfly sometimes breaking that personal uh best record is a matter of milliseconds how essential is that even though it's just a little bit of time um, well, it, it means a lot to me because, um, summer swimming is different than, uh, winter swimming 
and and like we do long course so that's 50 meters instead of the 25 yards that's just college swimming and for summer swimming it's been a really long time since I've been able to drop any time at all so even though it was just a little bit of time I'm very happy that I was able to train here over the summer and work on more technique stuff or like build my underwaters or just get that extra strength that I needed to end up dropping those times and it's it makes me really happy because it's like I haven't plateaued I'm still I'm still slowly getting better and uh, when you're at practice, how many reps would you say you practice on each type of these races to really work towards getting that personal best record? Well, I wouldn't say we do reps. We do a lot of different practices that work on different aspects of your race. Like, for example, this morning we did an underwater practice, and so we put on like resistance, like drag socks. And we were just trying to get across the pool as fast as we can. And that, and then when you take that resistance off, um, you feel so much better and you can go faster and you could feel the water a little better in my personal opinion. And then this afternoon we did a VO2 max set and that just really kills your legs and your body in general. So it just forces you to push through that. Um, and that's how you're going to feel at the end of a race. So it just works on different things. Well, Coach, when it comes to practices for you, uh, are you getting into to the pool as well, or do you prefer to stay on dry land? Uh, yeah, my time is coming on as an athlete. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I've even been to an alumni function for Duquesne since I've graduated. So, yeah, I'm on the dry side of the sport for sure. But, um, yeah, it's just I don't know, being able to watch these women just navigate and do what they do has been um, really really fun um you know i think part of like we obviously want people to find success in the sport but i think like looking at the growth from like you know freshman year to senior year and beyond like and having alumni come back this weekend we have i think 22 alumni coming back ranging from 2011 until graduates from last year and like that's really cool because we've never had people come back and just kind of want to come back to marshall and see what we're doing and um, see all the positive change that's been happening and um with team bonding i i noticed on instagram that uh you all were playing ultimate frisbee at Joan C. Edwards Stadium, and you all were present at the Unity Walk. What does that kind of bonding mean for teamwork at a meet? Um, well, I think we all really get into ultimate. Um, we don't get to do a whole lot of specific team bonding. Um, we're just so busy with swimming and school. But when we do get to do that team bonding, I think it's really special. I think we can definitely come together and appreciate everyone's strengths and weaknesses. And it's just important to realize how we can help each other um, just throughout life, like far beyond this sport. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk more about the upcoming first season for the Marshall Swim and Dive team in the Sunbelt Conference. You are listening to Sports View on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network.
whether it happened in town. A busy weekend at Marshall Athletics produced mixed results. Or out of town. Scores from around the country so far today. Two games are already final. The big sports stories of the day are on the FM 88 Sports Report. Weekdays during News Center 88 at 5, the FM 88 Sports team delivers five solid minutes of sports with highlights, previews, and features. The FM 88 Sports Report. Weekdays during News Center 88 at 5. Only on 88.1 WMUL. on your FM dial and 696-6651 gets you connected to today's hottest alternative, WMUL. So for a good time, make your request at 696-6651. But you gotta listen, so turn it on, tune it in, and turn it up. It's WMUL. Radio Network. I'm John Bogus, joined with six-season head coach, uh, head coach of Marshall Women's Swimming and Diving, Ian Walsh, and senior swimmer Madeline Hart. So, uh, going into this segment of the show, I would like to start kind of looking at uh, your all's upcoming season that begins this Saturday at 9:30 a.m. Uh, you get to start the season off at home at the Frederick A. Fitch Natatorium. Um, what are you all looking forward to to this upcoming meet? Yeah, that's like from a coaching staff perspective, just getting um, a handle of kind of where everyone at, is at, like really a starting point. Um, it's an inter-squad meet, so we've kind of this week, uh, the ultimate frisbee you saw online, we kind of like every day we kind of have a theme. So we have our team, uh, team green, team white, so we just kind of um, stir up a little competitive juices leading into the weekend. But um, yeah, for the coaching staff, you know, we have a large freshman class that's relatively new. We've done some different things in training early on, and um, we're just excited to get the girls racing because um, the following week we're going up to Morgantown. Um, that'll be kind of our first big test. So um, we're excited to see where the team's at. Yeah, I think because it's an inner squad meet and because we, we do these little things the week uh, leading up to it, I think it's going to be really fun. Um, and it's laid back, and a lot of parents and alumni are coming into town, so it just makes it a little more special. Is uh, getting to be at home to start off the season, is that any sort of advantage? And if it is, how so? Um, I think our women just love competing at home. You know, uh, we call our, uh, it's really long, Frederick A. Fitch, we just call it the Fitch. Um, you know, that's a, a place where uh, our team, we always find, um, you know, ways to really surprise ourselves at home. I think having the home crowd, we've gotten every year, I feel we've gotten more and more fans um, in the auditorium to um, follow us and support us. So, um, yeah, for an inter-squad meet like Madeline shared, having parents and um, family members and even community members coming in and, and watching us and um, just kind of getting a little preview where the team's at, I think it's going to be a good atmosphere. But unfortunately, we don't have a, a true home event until January, so we'll have to um, – it's, uh, we'll let the anticipation build, I guess, uh, lead into January. And um, uh, with the fans at the, the Frederick A. Fitch Natatorium, uh, what's that atmosphere like having them there? Do they typically get loud or do they just kind of <laughs> sit and watch? How, how's that atmosphere with the fans? Uh, you can speak on Okay, that. Yeah. well, um, when you're swimming, you don't necessarily like hear people screaming, but you can kind of hear the noise around you. I mostly just hear Ian on deck because he's <laughs> whistling, but um, I think the parents definitely get into it. Um, I'm not sure about the other fans, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I noticed that in the recent years that uh, they've started broadcasting uh, Marshall Swimming 
Dive meets on ESPN Plus. Um, and I was there when uh, you all kind of dressed up as the uh, ESPN reporters. Uh-huh. And, um, so, I mean, just how essential has ESPN Plus uh, been to the exposure of swimming and diving? Yeah, it's been really cool. I, like when they first told me like, hey, we're thinking of doing this. Um, you know, I've seen people do like the Facebook lives. And that's kind of how like swimming was broadcasted. But they had like an underwater um, camera they had a floating camera on deck we had um we met today they're going to be broadcasting our senior meet january 27th um on espn plus which we're thrilled about um it's just something that like not a lot of programs are doing and the more times we can get just swimming in general um in the forefront um be able to like get it to our fans and supporters because we have women from all over the country and um internationally so it's really important you just kind of be able to if parents can't get there they're able to you know pull it up on espn and um to speak on our, our girls that dressed up as espn um those were um last year's seniors class i believe um they kind of started that i can't remember i don't know if it was their freshman year or what but um they've always done it it's been really funny um and then when we actually had espn broadcasting it it was kind of like a big joke because we we always say they kind of started it and then ESPN plus came in and um, kind of took the reins, but it's been fun. Well, uh, we don't have any members on the show tonight present for the diving team, but still would like to get some insight for the uh, diving team. How are uh, they preparing for this uh, first upcoming meet? Yeah, uh, Megan's done a great job um, just finding the right women, just like we do on swimming end. Um, and we have two freshmen coming in, um, Gabby Grace and Larissa Monksgar. We have great leadership um, with Elena and Grace Kelsheimer. They're upperclassmen. Um, and um, Edie Mitra, she came in mid-year last year, so she's still kind of, um, this is her first fall, uh, acclimated with the program. But, um, yeah, they've done a great job. Um, a lot of diving, in my opinion. I think it's just doing the basics really, really well. And I know they're in the process of kind of building out their dive lists and everything so um, again for them I think this weekend is preparation for leading into um, West Virginia games where they'll be one meter three meter and they're also doing the team diving event um, October 6th and 7th which we won that event in the Missouri Valley it was an exhibition but we ended up um, besting um, we were winners out of 10 other programs in the Missouri Valley so that's an event that hopefully we're able to score and then C2A brings into um the actual regular scored event lineup, but um, yeah, Megan's done just a great job, and the girls are bought in, and um, you know, they're it's a different kind of hard, it's a different kind of work, but both programs or um, both elements of the program have been doing fantastically into this weekend. With your background mostly being in swim, is it ever a challenge to coach that diving team? And if so, how do you overcome that challenge? Yeah, I don't coach diving. So it's, um, you know, I've been fortunate. Megan's been with me since the beginning. I was hired in October. Um, she started, I think, right before Thanksgiving. Um, so she's been with me. This will be her sixth year as well. Um, so for her, it's like, even though I, I oversee the whole program, um, I help probably a little bit with like recruiting, but the X's and O's of the sport, we leave it to Megan. I'm afraid of heights, so I don't. I don't even mess with that stuff, but, um, yeah, just be able to be a soundboard for Megan and, you know, she's helped me become a better coach and I'd hopefully like to think that I've helped her along the way as well. Well, as I mentioned earlier, uh, this upcoming season is the first season in the Sunbelt Conference. You're now alongside all the other sports at Marshall. Uh, what does that mean to you all to compete in the Sunbelt Conference this season? I think it's really exciting. There's only four teams competing in the Sunbelt on the swimming side. So I think we've got a very good shot at winning a championship. Um, that would be awesome, like a senior year, win a championship. Um, and it, it does feel good to finally be in the Sun Belt and be a part of what all of Marshall Athletics is as well. 
Yeah, I just echo what, what Madeline says. I think when, whether we were in the Missouri Valley or we just kind of wanted a long-term home. And when Christian came in and took over the program um, or the department, um, he was kind of handed us and was like, he did a phenomenal job trying to find a conference for us at least short-term because we were unsure what the Sunbelt was going to do at the time. And Missouri Valley was a great um, stop along the way. Um, great coaches, great venue, great championship atmosphere. But like Madeline said, we're super excited to just be under the same umbrella um, as Marshall, I know one thing um, Christian, our athletic director, did is he has this trophy space where the most recent Sunbelt Championship trophy is put there, um, and then whenever you another sport wins, it's replaced. And I think that's like really neat. And it's not just about the footballs and basketballs and you know tennis or soccer. It's like it's everyone. So the most recent championship um, trophy is. Um, hoisted and put it on the there so hopefully in the winter um you know again i think we have a lot of like really exciting um ambitions and team goals we want to try to accomplish but i think at the end of the day all teams here are trying to you know win a conference championship and we're just excited to be under that same umbrella well um some familiar faces in this upcoming uh sunbelt conference uh you all uh, competed against james madison university last year in odu a former conference usa mm-hmm. opponent um, how do you prep for those opponents that you are familiar with and how do you prep for the ones that you don't know so well? Uh, yeah, as far as um, preparation, like we always use the term, I think collectively we need to make sure that like each individual is being their best. And then through that, we're going to hopefully everyone's again, moving in the same direction, has the same team goals and aspirations. Then I think in turn, a product of that is we can be the best in the Sunbelt conference. So I'm um, just having that mindset of like, we need to be able to control the controllables. I think swimming and diving, it's not, you know, we can look at um, some video and things like that. It's very different. There's not really plays run. It's pretty black and white, especially on the swimming end. It's a time. Um, so I think there's some strategy as far as like Madeline, her situation, she can swim a few different events. So maybe we move certain people around like her and some other team members. But um, it's just about being our best. Um, if we're able to do that every day in practice, um, a byproduct of that will be um, hopefully hoisting a trophy over our heads. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, with the uh, Missouri Valley Conference, which you all uh, competed in last season, um, what were some things that were challenging about being in this conference and what were some things that were good about it? Um, I think some good things were, like, there was just a lot of really good competition. And we saw a few of these teams at our midseason meet at Purdue. Um, so we got a little sneak peek as to how we would match up against them. And I think we held our own really well. Um, and it was, it was just awesome to get to be able to swim against that many teams in a, in a championship, um, meet like that. Um, some challenging things. I mean, I guess it could go the same thing, like that many teams. It's a little daunting, um, just standing up and racing against very high caliber women. Um, yeah. Well, what would you say is the process? You know, obviously the first thing, Sunbelt Conference uh, Championship Tournament after the regular season concludes. Uh, what's the process of going from that to the NCAA Tournament? 
Yeah. Um, as far as like anything postseason, we've been really fortunate um, to qualify women. Madeline was one of them going to the NIC championship um, this year. That's not part of our schedule. It is an Olympic year, though. So um, we do have a couple individuals uh, like Paige Banton. She has Olympic trial qualifying um, for Canada. Um, that's her um, home country. Uh, Jenna Bob had um, gotten an Olympic or sorry, a, a U.S. Open cut um, in the long course pool. Um, so that's an individual that um, she'll be competing in December. So, um, yeah, as far as just kind of um, prepping and getting ready, um, this year is unique. There's a lot of kind of different things you can kind of get ready for. Um, but, yeah, the, the highest level of our sport is NC2 championships. And for swimming and diving, they usually take between the top 38 and 40 individuals in that respective event. So it is a very, I want to say probably like 1% of the NC2A Division One swimmers qualify for that meet. Um, our last qualifier was 2017. But, um, you know, I feel like, Early on, uh, this is probably the best I've felt collectively as a team, how we're navigating preseason. And we're just, we talk a lot about like championship habits and doing the little things great. And um, I just feel like the past six weeks, we've been really been doing a great job of setting those um, foundational things. And then, you know, we can build off of that. But the NC2As, if we do get qualifiers, we have about a four week window um, to kind of reset. Um, we did this with our um, National Invitational Championship group last year. And a lot of them were either right on their personal best. Um, some people walked away swimming a lifetime best, but um, a lot of what we did in the summer, like Madeline's performance as a summer, that I think sets a really good tone for what the fall has coming in store. Well, uh, considering the uh, freshman class that you all have gotten this year, uh, what have you noticed as a senior for the freshmen who are coming in and what they hold for the future of this team? I think they're really excited and they're, they want to get to work and that's awesome to see and they also challenge us every day to be better and just to have that attitude and mindset going into a really long season is, is nice and refreshing and it, it makes me excited for what, to see what we can do. Well, Coach Madeline, I want to thank you again for uh, stopping by the show tonight, and I want to wish you good luck this weekend as you all start uh, the season. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, that's going to do it for the first half of Sports View. For the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network, I'm John Bogus. You're listening to the broadcast voice of Marshall University, WMUL FM, Huntington. Hello and welcome to the Sports View Sports Update. My name is Ben Gower, and this evening we'll have reports on Marshall Sports News during this segment. Let's begin this evening with FM88 Sports Ray Reinierson's report on Marshall Baseball, particularly head coach Greg Beal's thoughts on the importance of the herd now finally having its own home stadium here in Huntington. Head coach Greg Beals gives an insight on what it means.
means finally getting a new home and the impact it will have. Personally, it's you know it, it's a blessing because I know the the pain and some of the angst that have that have been involved with you know getting this getting to this point with, with, with a new facility. But more importantly, not about me. It's about the program and it's about the players that are in the program and what it's going to mean is it's going to give. Marshall baseball a home you know for the first time an actual home a home field locker room meeting rooms indoor batting cages the Alex Lawrence clubhouse out in left field is going to be such a critical piece to to our program because that's where the culture is really going to grow and develop after talking about the impact of Marshall baseball's new home he also explains that with this facility they can really hammer down on its culture. Yeah, well, our culture is defined by our three core values, elite preparation, competitive toughness, and brotherhood. And, you know, those words mean so much. Compete. It's about competing. It's about preparing. It's about being a teammate. But using the words like elite and toughness and, and brotherhood, the, you know, all those things tie in and that builds the culture. I firmly believe if we develop that culture, we have the talent and we'll continue to bring in talent that if we can create a culture that fuels the training of that talent, that the win and losing will take care of itself. Not only is it an impact for the community, but also impacts herd baseball for years to come. Here's Coach Beals with more. We have a talented coaching staff, but it takes talented players uh, for success to happen. And recruiting is going to continue to grow with, with the new ballpark and the more that we're going to be able to show and the, the recruiting will continue to grow. And that's such a big piece that you have that lifeline of high-quality student-athletes. That's really the biggest point. Marshall Baseball gets to put its new culture in motion while it waits on the finishing touches on its new home. For FM 88 Sports, I'm Ray Ranierson. Thanks, Ray. Now here's FM 88 Sports' Ben Anderson with a recap of the Marshall Invitational, hosted by Marshall Cross Country. On Friday, September 15th, the Marshall Thundering Herd Cross Country team competed in the Thundering Herd Invitational at the YMCA Kennedy Center, marking the first home meet for the program since since 1989. The Thundering Herd competed against six other schools with the women's team competing in the 5K and the men's team competing in the 8K. The women's team would win the Invitational, finishing with 40 points and three top five performances. And leading the way was graduate student and Parkersburg, West Virginia native Abby Herring, winning for the second straight meet by winning the 5K by nearly 50 seconds, with a time of 17 minutes and one second. Abby Herring says that she has enjoyed the women's team's strong start to the season. It's been a lot of fun, starting off with Virginia Tech. I knew that our girls team was going to do well just because we've all been super motivated putting in the miles and so I was really excited to see not just like myself and like my results but also just like as a team. The girls team has just been doing awesome. The Thundering Herd Invitational was really cool because me personally, my family, most of us are in West Virginia so like they got to come. Friends from school, my mentor teacher from last year got to come and watch. So that was really cool. So you know you're not just running for yourself, you're running for your family and your friends and the community. The men's team would finish in second place with two top 10 performances and leading the way was graduate student Evan White by finishing fourth in the AK. Evan White says that he is impressed with how the men's team has improved from the Virginia Tech Invitational to the Thundering Herd Invitational. We're still training extremely hard. After Virginia Tech, we knew that we had some fast beats coming up. So our training, basically, we continued up with our high mileage. We've been slowly starting to come down a little bit, but our workouts have been harder than ever and they're just going to keep getting harder until we get to our conference meet. And our guys improved night and day from Virginia Tech. or Even when we just ran a 6K to going to the 5K, they made huge leaps and bounds and looking at where they're at now and where we're going, I can see him making even more huge improvements as we can move on. White says that he is blessed to be able to compete in a historic meet. Being part of the first home cross-country meet and 
many years. It's also a great honor. We're always on the road and we never have the support from Marshall because we're always gone. So being able to have everybody from school to come out there and support us was just amazing. And I can see this meet growing every year. Marshall Cross Country looks to carry its momentum from the historic Thundering Herd Invitational into the Louisville Classic. For FM 88 Sports, I'm Ben Anderson. Thanks, Ben. That will conclude the Sports View Sports Update. After a quick break, we'll have the second half of this evening's program. Sean Kelly sitting down with Bub Faringa and Brooklyn Ulrich of Marshall Softball. I'm Ben Cower, and stay tuned for more Sports View coming up next right here on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Here at the Institute for Better Radio, we're always looking for ways to improve your listening experience on 88.1 WMUL. By using trained monkeys, we try out new innovations here before bringing them to you, our listener. For instance, how does no commercial sound? Smashing! How about a wide music variety? Outstanding! Because we're not money-driven, we can bring you better radio here on 88.1 WMUL. Now, back to the lab. Welcome, good evening and welcome back to this edition of Sports View on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. I'm Sean Kelly, your host for this second half portion of the program, and with me are two guests from the Marshall softball team. To my left, a redshirt sophomore who started 48 games at second base last season and whose major is exercise science, Brooklyn Ulrich. And to my right, Bob Faringa, Jr., who played 53, or started 53 games last season, major in sports management and played between pitcher and utility player last season. And Brooklyn, Bub, thank you guys for coming on tonight. Oh, thank you for having us. Oh, thanks for having us. We're excited. And starting off with just a, more of a getting-to-know-you portion of this, and both of you, both Brooklyn and Bub, are from Arizona. Brooklyn from Mesa and Bub from Glendale. So starting with Brooklyn, how did both of you find Marshall from halfway across the country, and why did you choose this school coming from all the way over in Arizona? Wow. I mean, I had never heard of Marshall before I got here, and um, my club team used to play a lot on the East Coast, and the old coaching staff came and watched me play, called me on September 1st, said, hey, why don't you come to Marshall, make sure you watch the movie, We Are Marshall. I watched it, and I thought to myself, I was like, there is no way this school is that dreamy and that amazing and that perfect, and then I got here, I came the Memorial Weekend on my visit. And it was phenomenal. So what was it from the movie specifically that you, that really uh, struck struck a chord with you? The atmosphere, I'd say. So everybody coming to games, I, it's a whole town event. Anytime a football game happens or a sporting event, like for softball, everybody comes to our softball games. So I was excited to just see the fan base and that kind of thing. And Bub, same with you. How did you find how did you find Marshall from Glendale? So I was actually fortunate enough to go to a bunch of different camps uh, in my recruiting process. And our coaches that were here previously, before Coach C got here, I had met them at another university and got to build that relationship with them. Um, and once she left there, uh, kind of. Uh, kept tabs on her just to see where she would end up because I had built that relationship with her. And so she ended up here at Marshall and my mom was like, you know, like, let's let's just go check it out. You know, Arizona to West Virginia is kind of a long trip. So we're like, you know, let's make the most of it, see what it's about. And so made the trip down, um, 
participated in camp that weekend and just got to see the uh, university and campus and just kind of like fell in love with it. Um, Arizona, you don't get much, many like seasons in that. So I got to see campus in the winter time in the spring. Um, so it was cool to see that and just like being around um, campus and the community and stuff, football games, like when we got to go, it was just something that like I really wanted to see myself be a part of and just be a part of that community and that. So. And Bob, I'll stay with you for this question, but also go to Brooklyn later on. So in moving halfway across the country, what were some of the changes that you had to become acclimated to heading you know, across the country? So my story's kind of a little bit different. So I'm the youngest in my family of three, and my siblings are all often married and living with their uh, um, people. So my parents actually moved out to Kentucky. And so they're only a two-hour drive from us now, so they haven't missed a single home game. They've been there for every game and even travel with us. So we packed up the house that I had lived in all 18 years of my life, so it was kind of a big change uh, doing that. But it was also kind of fun to see like where we'd end up and where we'd go with it. So um, definitely a big change. I got to go through all of my... Um, like. Uh, baby stuff growing up, going through all that, just packing up the whole house, you know, but it was, it was a big change, but exciting with it. So. And Brooklyn, same with you. Um, actually mine complete opposite above. My parents are still in Arizona. They do try to make it out to a lot of games last year. They came up for quite a few weekends and also went to Florida, went to everywhere basically that we traveled, but to me, I always had the plan on going a little bit further than staying on the West Coast. My parents always told me, oh, no, stay as close as you can to home. But um, I, I wanted to experience something completely different of Arizona, and I had been to every single state on the West Coast. So it, it was a pretty easy thing for me to decide to come to West Virginia, and especially after understanding the softball program, meeting like the coaches that were previously here and the girls, it was an easy decision for me. And moving on to this season, now that we're a couple of games into the fall schedule and heading into the spring, what are some of your guys' goals for both this fall season and moving on from the fall to the spring? So um, right now we're definitely developing our lineup, like hitting wise and we, our coach, Coach C, um, Coach Circle, she's investing a lot of time in making sure that we're going to be one of the best offensive teams in the Sun Belt this year. And that is going to be not necessarily a change from last year, but it's going to continue and also make us better as a team. So you guys can see that from us this upcoming year, that we're going to be great offensively. We have some great defensive players, um, some great transfers, some freshmen, and also a great pitching staff. And last season was really the first for both of you guys where you really started almost almost every game. Yeah. So what were some of the things that you learned or built in this past season, looking back on it now a couple games in, into the fall schedule? Um, so I didn't play my freshman year. I had redshirted, and I didn't play the first handful of games. And I had just got thrown right on into it. And um, I'm, I'm, ex I'm so excited for this year. We're going to have... So it's going to be hard for our coach to decide the lineup because we have so much talent and so much potential that could go out there in every single position. So, 
Yeah. I think going off that too, everybody in our lineup has the potential to do something whenever they go up to bat. So I think it's just us pushing each other within our lineups, um, whether whether it's someone who maybe is on the bench uh, just trying to crack that lineup, but just competing with each other and making each other better throughout that lineup. And oh, I'm so sorry. And oh. I'd also say we're very, we're going to be a very hungry team. It's only our second year into the Sun Belt. We definitely um, caused some waves last year. Um, we have a whole new coaching staff, so we're, we are hungry. We are hungry to do well in the Sun Belt this upcoming year. And one of the awards that you both were given in 2022 was the Conference USA Commissioner's Honor Roll. So on the topics of both athletics and education, just walk the audience through a day in the life of your day through both balancing school and work and a day like today where you'd have practice and uh, all other classes and stuff like that? Softball is our job. Um, We go to school full time, whether it's classes that are online, classes that are in person. Um, Like Tuesdays, Thursdays, we have stuff in the mornings, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we have it in the afternoons, also with games on the weekends. But um, we go from four hours of class, we get an hour and a half break, and then we have practice just a little bit after that. And lucky us, we start our days at 5 a.m. this fall in the weight room. So we get an hour in the weight room, a little break for breakfast, and then on uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays, like she said, we are out on the field for a couple hours and then class the rest of the afternoon. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday is kind of the flip of it. We're still in the weight room at five. um, And then We have classes in the morning and then practice in the afternoon. And Bob, staying with you, one of the things that I noticed in the research and doing research prior to this was you, uh, you know, you mentioned your family earlier in in the broadcast and you also have an older sister who played college Mm -hmm. softball. So how how did she become an inspiration to you in your softball career? Yeah. So. Our relationship is so awesome. Kind of grew up kind of like that sister bond, kind of like didn't want to do anything with her, didn't want to share anything with her. But now that I got to like grow up with her and see her do her thing, like I just love her now. Like I call her every day on the phone. We Snapchat back and forth throughout the day. So just getting to see um, her go through that because she went to school in Arkansas at Harding. And so it was kind of tough to go visit her every now and then just because flights and traveling and stuff. So when we did get to go visit her, it was just so cool to see kind of the routines and life that she built out there um, with her team and her friends and stuff. So it was really cool to see that and cheer for her along the way because it was something that I saw her go through for the recruiting process too. And once she finally found a place that she really liked, it was like, oh, I definitely want to experience that for myself. So she was definitely a big part in how I got here too. And Brooklyn, who were some of the influences in your career leading up to where you are today? Um, I'd say my parents, for sure. That might be a pretty simple answer, but I just look back at all the times my dad took me to the field, whether I got frustrated, I wasn't doing good, but they have always motivated me to accomplish this goal of mine. I said this when I first started playing club ball when I was eight. It was such a big dream saying, oh, I want to play college softball, going to every Arizona State softball game, saying, oh, that's going to be me out there. That's going to be me. And they held me to that goal Um, because there were times, like when I was younger, I wanted to just quit. I wanted to be done. And they, they have put me in the best situation and best place possible in order for me to accomplish my goals. I've never 
really had to go out, go without anything. And my parents have given me anything and everything I've asked for to help accomplish my goals. And the last question that I'll add before, excuse me, heading into break was one of the other interesting things I found in doing research, uh, going back into uh, both of your careers leading up to this, both of you played badminton, <laughs> badminton in high school. Yes. I knew and, you were going to break that up. And, and Bob, yes. you actually lettered in, in badminton in high, in high school. So walk, walk me through that experience because I, went to, I grew up in Pennsylvania. I know no high schools at all who even have a badminton program, let alone the, the ability to letter in it. Yeah, so my freshman year of high school, I actually tried out for the volleyball team and made the freshman team, but their practice times were right when club practice was starting, and that was like prime time recruitment um, time, so it was like that didn't really work out, and so I had a bunch of friends that tried out for badminton, and they said, like, you're going to love it if you go out and just try it, like, just give it a day and, like, see how it goes, and so I went out there, and I was like, this is completely different from softball. This is like a break that I would need, especially going through that recruiting, uh, recruiting time. And so the coach at the time um, actually played softball um, in her college years. And so when she was teaching me how to play it, she would use softball terms. And so it was kind of cool to like connect the two of them, but still have like a different sport to play. But it was, it was really fun. Um, uh, we'd go to tournaments and um, just uh, regular singles and doubles games. Like, it was fun just to play with my friends and stuff. So, yeah. And Brooklyn, anything else? I mean, you, you played varsity in badminton <laughs> yeah. as well. Um, it was very, very fun. I mean, I'd highly recommend it to anybody that has badminton at their high school. Um, just like what Bub said, it was just kind of like a little bit of a getaway. It was... A sport specifically for fun. I wasn't planning on going any further than just playing my junior year. And the person that actually roped me into this was our assistant softball coach. So he was a PE coach at my high school, Red Mountain. And he kept on begging me. He said, I, I, I'll give you a spot on the team. And I kept telling him no, put in off the conversation. And I went to the summer, like conditioning, workouts kind of thing. It was all three months of summer, every morning at 7 a.m., Monday through Friday, we had practice, and I just loved it. And I picked it up very quick because our training for softball was so rigorous and so intense that it was pretty easy doing the conditioning and that kind of thing. So we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll have more from, sport, more from Sports View. You're listening to Sports View on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. and welcome to the Music Request Hotline. Please state the name of the genre you'd like to hear. Alternative? You said hip-hop. If that's correct, please say yes. No. You have confirmed hip-hop. No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. I said alternative. Country you want to hear? No, no, no. Country it is. No, I said, said alternative. Sports. Alternative rock. Music. No, no, okay, no, no, tired of ignored requests? No, no, Call 696-6651 and get what you asked for on WMUL-FM. No, I want to hear jazz. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the WMUL Request Line Singers. Well, I try so hard just to let you know that there's nothing I won't do. Every time you play my song, 
I just want to sing along Every time you play my favorite tune Call 696-6651 now. DJs are standing by. Welcome back to Sports View. I'm Sean Kelly, your host for this second half portion with, to my to my right, excuse me, Bob Faringa, and to my left, Brooklyn Ulrich, both of the Marshall softball teams. So in the first half, we got a getting you to getting to know you portion out of the way, and now we'll go into a little bit more of the specifics of this fall ball schedule. And one of the first things that I noticed and that both of you really mentioned was the the crowd and the atmosphere at these fall ball games. It's really been, for the first two games that I saw, the stands were mostly full, at least for the first half of this, uh, the game on Sunday. It's, it seems like it's about the same attendance as something that's like a regular, early regular season game. So how does it feel to see the number of people who show out and see the support, even in these fall games, where it's mostly just a- exhibition games where runs don't count and stats don't, just don't count either? Um, it is very exciting. I mean, for this upcoming season, this is just a little snippet of the audience and fans that we're going to have in the stadium we actually might just need to get more bleachers at least in the outfield because we are almost at full capacity behind the backstop right now and that's very exciting to see I was telling uh, Riley Lucas, one of our other teammates, I said, it feels like we were just out here. Like it was just May again and we were playing. And just to see all those people out there, even for fall games, is really cool because they get to see what we're just starting to work on. And then come uh, springtime when we're out there again, they get to see uh, the improvement of all the things that we've been working on this fall. So it's really cool to see everybody out there. And speaking of the crowd and being at the game on Sunday, there was... Excuse me, a little a little girl who sat directly behind the Marshall on deck circle, and every time a, a player would come home to score or hit a home run, she would always yell, "Hey, that was a nice hit." So, with that being said, how does it feel to see the influence that you guys have with these new generation of softball players watching games at the dot and having moments like that between like stuff like that and like the autograph sessions that you'll do from time to time after games? It honestly makes us all emotional. I mean. 10 years ago, probably a little bit more, all of us were in that same position, sitting behind the backstop at any local college game, wanting like autographs signed, uh, like to get a ball signed and that kind of thing. And it's great knowing that we're in the shoes of those girls that inspired us to be where we're at today. Um, and that we get to inspire all those little girls to come to the ball games and say, hey, I want to do that. I want that goal. Yeah, it's super cool just to see them out there because it is we were in their shoes one day just watching all the games like that. And so even like when we do autographs and stuff, it is super cool to uh, get to talk to them and get to see what positions they play and just a little bit about them. Um, so it's really cool to see them. And Bob, moving on to the actual game, you you pitched in the first three innings of Sunday's game versus Davis and Elkins. And one of the things I noticed specifically was the control that you had. There was only about one hit by pitch, if I remember correctly. So what were some of the things that you noticed from your outing over the weekend? Um, It's all the hard work that was put in over the summer. I got to play in a summer league down in Tennessee. So I um, 
definitely got to work a lot on that. My changeup was something that I worked really hard on um, throughout this this past spring. It was just a pitch that was just always a work in progress, never really threw it in any games and um, stuff like that. And so uh, to see it this fall um, here in Brook and Bickle up the middle, just go crazy for it. Uh, it just um, reminds me of all the hard work that I put into it. So. It's exciting to see. And Brooklyn, one of the things I noticed from you in your game was one of your at-bats about midway through the first half of, of that game. After the first pit, uh, one of the first pitches, Coach Zirkel on the third base side told you, it looked like she was telling you to bend your right knee slightly. Mm-hmm. And then on the very next pitch, you hit an RBI single into right. So what? how have those moments like that where... Uh, coaches walking you through you know things to things to fix in in your swing on the third base side how has that helped you in in guiding what you need to fix and in moments like that or anything else that you can think of um a lot of it stems from just trusting our coach i mean she she has done what we're doing and she's still currently you know playing softball so Knowing that she has a great knowledge and I trust fully what she says to me makes it very easy for me to make adjustments and to improve my game. And in in interviewing Coach as well as uh, Riley Lucas and Kamba Hollis uh, earlier last week, one of the things that all three mentioned was the change in hitting approach and Mm -hmm. learning how to hit risers and stuff like that. So how have those things helped you too as well? Um. So, this is a well-known thing in the softball world. Rise, a rise ball is the hardest pitch to hit. Um, pitchers can add a lot of movement to it. They could have a rise ball that starts low and ends as a strike and that kind of thing. And we've been working real hard so that no pitcher has any pitch that they can throw us that we can't hit or can't touch. And I think it's cool um, that everybody can help everybody on this team. Um, It's definitely a different approach from years past that we've had. So we've kind of all had to relearn and um, rethink of things that help click in our minds. And so um, we kind of bounce ideas off each other and just what we see and um, what we're feeling, um, just help each other out with it. So these last last four minutes of, of this broadcast, I'll go into a little bit more. Uh, heading forward on into into Friday's into Friday's matchup and circling back to Sunday's match against Davis and Elkins, what are some things that you noticed that you liked from your approach? Uh, Bob, you mentioned working on your changeup, and what, what are some of the other things that you liked that you saw as a team or individually? Um, I'd just say uh, we just got to keep the same energy throughout the entire game. I think sometimes when we're playing those 12 innings, 14 inning games, it kind of gets a little sluggish at the end of it. But I think when we're playing UC this weekend, I think it's going to be a little bit different. We know a lot of people on the other team. And so I think it's just going to be a different uh, energy level this weekend. And um, we just got to keep trusting what we're learning and just keep putting it into play and just see how things go. Yeah, I agree. And we're going to give the school UC that we're playing on Friday all the credit. They deserve a lot, and they are going to be a great team that we're going to face. They have some great pitchers on their pitching staff. And um, what we just need to continue into Friday is being aggressive, going at right at the pitcher from the get-go, and also on defense, backing up our pitchers, keeping it clean, and keeping that communication. And anything specific to improve on Friday against against Charleston I think specific um I would say get on base early that's how we're going to beat this team where we got to attack 
early, get runners on, get defense in and out, and work for our pitchers a lot. Um, pitchers have the best innings when they have to face the fewest batters. It takes a lot of stress off their shoulders, and since our pitching staff is going three innings and then rotating, we got to make sure that we're making them look good by fielding behind them. And lastly, on Sunday, Marshall Softball is hosting the first annual Marshall Softball Home Run Derby. So for the listeners who may not be aware, tell the audience more specifically about what entails in this event. Um, So this Home Run Derby, everybody on the softball team gets to hit 10 pitches off a front toss. And however however many you hit over, there are people that have like pledged a certain amount of dollars based off of how many home runs. And off of your furthest home run, that's also another thing that people have pledged on and the guessing who has hit the furthest. Do you guys have any specific goals going into going into Sunday and doing the home run derby yourself? Mine's at least five. Yes. I yeah. think that's I think I could do yeah. that. So we're we're gonna keep mechanics great, but we're definitely gonna swing for the fence. This is gonna be a good time to put on a show. You talked about guessing who 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 is in the clubhouse seen as the favorite to win it. Okay, I I have a few above as one of them. She's definitely one of our main power hitters, and Riley Lucas, of course. Riley's balls are probably gonna go on Third oh, Avenue. So yes, Third Avenue drive. People do not drive on Third Avenue. Yeah. <laughs> This weekend? It's going to be fun to see, though. Everybody just having fun on Sunday, so mm-hmm. I'm excited. Right. It's going to be very relaxed, um, low pressure, just seeing all the girls have fun and all of our personalities just come out. Well, that'll do it for this presentation of Sports View. Coming up next, Speed Zone with Ben Cower and Dale Garrett. So, for everyone on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network staff, I'm Sean Kelly. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Sports View on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening to the award-winning Sports View. Tune in again next week at 7 p.m. for more Sports View on the worldwide leader in Marshall University sports coverage, WMUL 88.1.